This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And as I discussed earlier with me in the studio, my studio, is Brendan Ambrose, who, full disclosure, is my son. Um, he is a qualified IP attorney, and he specialized in privacy law and the whole issue of privacy over the past few years. And simply put, with the the advent of GDPR in Europe, um, you're going to hear more and more about Poppy or Poppia, depends where you're coming from and how you pronounce it. You're going to hear more and more of that uh, if you haven't already um, in the next year in South Africa. And the bottom line is the law is now, privacy law is now law. They've given everybody a runway to comply by the, um, I think, what date is it? Well, welcome, Brendan. Welcome to the show. By 1st of July, 2021, at which point I think the teeth will come out and companies are going to get fined and there's going to be real consequence. But in every interaction we have around the Internet, when you're using Facebook and there's been so many stories about privacy, so many controversies about who's doing what with your data – and I thought it would be really useful to have a discussion with Brendan about not only just the positive side of privacy law, because there's a, there are real benefits for you and I and everyone in the, in, on the planet, but also what to look out for and how it's really going to affect us. So welcome, Brendan. Give us a little bit of uh, insight into, you know, what do you do and why privacy law is quite important. Cool. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. Um, it's, it's something that obviously I'm really deeply passionate about and it's, it's come into the fore quite recently in South Africa. I mean, I remember five years ago when I was, when I was practicing, there was, it was, it was a tiny, tiny portion of my legal practice and now it's, it's grown to be pretty much the, the only portion of my legal practice. And for good reason in that in South Africa, we've, we, we have our constitution, which is our prime uh, piece of legislation, which everything comes, which everything flows from that, right? And in our constitution at section 14, we have the right to privacy, and that right has to be protected by the government. And that was pretty much it, right? It, it, it made. So we had a right, and that was we the had story. A right, and with that, it said, it said Parliament must promulgate further legislation in order to enforce that right, and that's where Papier comes from, which I'll get to in a sec. Um, but that was that was really it, and there was a little bit of common law which developed, but it was really only around uh, the concept of delict and your right to per, your right of personality and your right um, uh, to a good name and not to have that unreasonably besmirched and that sort of stuff. And and this was at a time when when Europe had the uh, the privacy directives, which was still sort of the forerunner to the GDPR, and that was getting a lot of traction there, and it was becoming far more important to have entrenched privacy rights, simply because the internet was becoming far more involved in everyday life. And that's really where we are now, right? We're at the stage where the internet is so involved in everything you do that you're probably not even conscious of the amount of information you're disclosing anymore. But that's exactly the point. I mean, we can discuss this later, but essentially every time you switch your phone on, um, use your maps to go anywhere, you use Facebook, you send a tweet, you do anything online, you're disclosing a huge amount of information about yourself, your location, your details. Who knows what else is going out into the this grand ether out there? We don't know where it goes and what happens to it. Exactly. But on the same token, you need to live a, a modern life, right? Well, so I'm you, a big pro 
tech fella. You know, I like the, the I, I, I like the way that technology I've makes my life. I quite better. like technology. I'm, I'm, something's, something's, something's telling me that you're a big fan of it. I'm a big um, fan of technology, nothing, nothing, people. Yeah, nothing direct, but there's, no, I'm picking up subtle hints, cues that you, that you quite like technology. So it's all so. Really, this is particularly relevant. Obviously, businesses, there, there's an element that we'll discuss now. But I think let's focus on what it means for you and me. How does it affect our lives? And over the next year, what are we going to see change as a result of these new laws? laws? And is that good? Is that bad? Or, or what? what is the impact going to be? That's a really good question. So I think privacy law stems from human rights law in South Africa. In America, it's very different, and we can have that conversation, but it's a much longer conversation. In America, it's consumer protection law. In South Africa and Europe, it's based on human rights law, and that's why it's in our constitution. We've actually got a right to this. Now, the difference being is that as a consumer, we've got the Consumer Protection Act, which protects us from things like direct marketing um, and other sort of invasions to our privacy, which Papier also deals with. So it's strengthening that element. So hopefully what we're going to see, right, is a, is a less prevalent direct marketing. Um, or less aggressive. Or less aggressive, yeah. Because I, right now, every, I mean, every, thank goodness for technology, the spam blocker on my phone traps two, or three calls a day. we can get to that, right? But I mean, now think about how much information is in that spam blocker. Oops. Right? Oops. And how Oops. much of your information is in that spam blocker. But, but that's the point, right? It's, it's very, it's very broad and it's, and it's, and it's, there's a tentacle in, in every, in all sorts in of every things. Direction. So for every solution, there's an unintended consequence. Well, and that's, and that's it, right? So while Papier does, I think, strengthen our rights as citizens quite substantially, I mean, it gives us, um, it gives us, I mean, eight real core rights and then from there it distills it further. Um, and by by having that additional rights and having that basis on which to hold companies accountable, it strengthens our right as citizens, not only as consumers in terms of the Consumer Protection Act, but it makes us as citizens go, you know what, my name and my information that's associated with me and that can be associated with me is mine and it's personal to me. And I want to have an element of control and comfort around how that's being used, who it's being shared with, how it's being shared. If you de-identify or anonymize that information to a point where it can't be re-identified. So, for then example, it's, then it's different. But for example, this COVID tracking app, which there's lots of controversy about. Exactly. They say that no personal information is sure is is yes. shared. It's and any contact is totally de-identified. They cannot and we cannot see who's on the app. Exactly. Is that is that a type of protection? And that's and that's where we're starting to see some really cool development, right? Because I think we initially were hit with, I mean, companies were hit with this. My God, how do we de-identify all this information? What can we do? But and how do we get the benefit out of this information once we've de-identified it? And the COVID app is a phenomenal example, right? In Australia, there was a, a group of, it was, I can't remember. I think it was the 36 data privacy lawyers who signed a petition in favour of the app. To say the way in which it's done and the way in which it anonymizes and de-identifies the information is perfectly in line with not just the law, but the philosophy around privacy law. And that to me is really interesting. We've employed the same methodology and technology. Well, this was technology that Google and Apple developed in conjunction in order to create a track and trace app. But without focusing too much on, on, on the COVID app, moving back to what impact this whole privacy law is going to have. So a, a what if example? Um, we all know that phones track your 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 location yeah. and it identifies your number. Your number has to be recorded, so they've got all the information about you personally, mm-hmm. where you live, everything. 
on a database somewhere. If, for example, someone could somehow get onto your phone and track your location, they would then and get access to this information. Some crazy stuff can happen. Mm. And is that the type of protection that we're talking about? Because the networks, your bank, places where you sign up for an account, they've got some really personal stuff about you. So let's, let's differentiate between data privacy and data security. Not all information that you want to keep secure is technically private, right? Okay. So you might want to, to keep something um, in your, in your, on your desktop, right? But it might not constitute private inf- personal information in terms of, uh, in terms of the definition of Papier, which is any information that might be linked to you or any other person. person as a person, right? And I mean, that's, it's a simplified version, but it wouldn't constitute that. Let's say, you know, your, um, f- your, your Bobber's famous, uh, Kugel recipe, right? Being passed down. <laughs> you don't Bobber want to share that with the whole turn world. turn in her grave if she found out that that was being shared publicly, right? Absolutely. You don't want anyone getting access to that because you don't want the forribles with other, with other bits of the family that you let Bobber's, uh, Kugel recipe out, right? That's confidential information and the security around your computer and how people can, un, can get un, un, um, unfettered un, access, access yeah. to it. That's data security. Okay, perfect. Right? And data privacy deals more with what is your personal information. and Sorry, it only deals with personal information. And identifying what that is and identifying how that is used in between, between yourself and what control you have over it and with between companies and governments. So in a short summary, essentially, everything that's your personal private information in terms of Popia, you've now got effective control over that dog. Yeah. So now, I mean, with Popia, you had some of these rights anyway. But, I mean, you now have the right to be notified when your personal information, well, sorry, as of 1 July next year, but companies really should be putting this in place now. You need to be notified of when your personal information is collected and if there's any unauthorized access to that personal information. So da- that's the notification the of data breaches, yeah. right? So that's where... Um, that's where we've had quite a number of breaches of late, but that's where that notification requirement comes in to the individual. There's also a notification requirement to the regulator, which is what Papier also creates. Papier creates an information regulator. Someone who ma- who manages and monitors exactly. the consequences They've of any issues. They've got the teeth to find non-compliance, oh, okay. to that makes investigations. It's similar to the um, to other regulators, you know, in the, con- in the consumer space or in the auditing space. It's it's a like regulator, a competition like, commission, that type of exactly. thing. Exactly, and the, and the act and the regulations gives them certain powers and authorities to do what they need to do. So theoretically, me as a person will have far greater insight into where my information is being used by them, by whom it's being used. Exactly, and that creates. So theoretically, I could stop spam calls. I could stop people having unauthorized access to my detail to send me mails. Theoretically. That's the fun bit. Absolutely. But, and also could cut down on spamming and and cyber crime. Exactly. For the same, that's the whole intention. So they can't somehow do a little careful uh, phishing exercise where they get hold of your bank details and then understand where you live. Exactly. And weird stuff goes on in that space. So the, the, the whole idea of the whole act is to make Information more private, more security is another issue altogether, but more private and should there well, be a problem? So, I mean, maybe that's something to yeah. discuss where, where Papier does deal with security. So there are eight conditions in Papier around processing information. And processing is essentially using that information to 
um, obtain. A, I was going to get there. Let's let me just okay. um, set the scene on that. So, theoretically, as people, we should have more control and greater access to who knows what we do and who we are. But that creates Correct. obligations for those that collect the data, businesses. So all you business owners out there listening to the show, there's a whole raft of regulations and requirements and penalties that will be coming your way because you handle data on behalf of the people that you deal with. And I think that's important. As a company, you need to realize you never own that data. That's not yours. It's essentially the way I like to look at it is you're borrowing someone's car, right? <laughs> Great analogy. It's and that's an interesting take because... Most people, you know, when they take someone's data, it's their proprietary data, it's their customer. People you saying it's our customer lists, right? So you own the list. And I mean, it, it starts to broach it to the copyright yeah. where you own the compilation of data. Um, so but you don't actually, you actually own, own the data you don't, you don't itself. You don't own each piece of data in and, in and of itself. The data subjects own that. And they always own that. And they never transfer ownership of that. So you always own your data no matter whom, to whom you give it. Exactly. But what does that mean for a company? And I'm a company mm-hmm. and I've got, I'm a, the local neighborhood plumber, for example. Let's yeah. not talk the big guys. And I've got a, a, a client base mm-hmm. and I've got all their phone numbers and I've got all their physical addresses and I know exactly, maybe even their ID numbers. Who knows? Yeah. Now that's sitting on a computer in my system and there's a breach. Somehow it's stolen. Yeah. What do you have to do? So let's let's go let's take a step back from the breach, right? Because I mean, Papier Papier covers from collection to destruction of that data. It covers everything from how you collect that data through to how you um, manage it and process it and what you use it for, who you share it with. Then through to either dis- destroying it when you don't need it anymore, or when instructed to do so by a data subject to one of the rights you have. Um, or so you have the right to tell people remove all in- all information yes. on your system. Relating to me. Well, you have the right to ask if it's there, which okay. you sort of had already, but now it's, it's now fairly clear. robust. Um, you have the right to request it to be changed. You have the right to request that it be deleted. You have the right to request who it was shared with. So you, it, it, it's very clear at Section 5 as to what, you, what as a consumer you've now been given, right? But obviously, as you're saying, that, that has an inverse effect Correct. on the person Correct. processing that information. So you're a, you're a small business. You've got your client list and you're managing your clients. You have to be aware that all that information of your clients is their information. And at the, the ideal is, right, you collect that information and you get them to sign a consent. Say, we're collecting your information. We will use it for the following purposes. And we will not share it with anyone else. We will else. not share it with anyone else. And it sort of sets out, and I mean, this is where I speak about the positive side of privacy law, where it helps build that trust relationship with your client. Because chances are, especially as a small business, you're not selling this information to anyone. You're not getting massive value beyond the purpose of the data. And, and in terms of, as I mentioned earlier, Poppy has eight conditions. And one of those conditions is something called purpose limitation. So you will collect that data for a purpose. You will only use that data for a purpose. And once you've used that data for a purpose, you can't use it for anything else until you get consent to use it for more stuff. And how come, I think, unfortunately, as usual, when you start talking about crazy, interesting subjects like this, we've got like four minutes left. Okay, let's, let's so we cram it in. We need to really get to the, the bottom line, as they call it. A company has, every company lands up using personal data from someone because there's no other way to do business. Well, if, you, if, you, if, you, if, you're not, if you're not doing that, then you have no clients and you're probably not doing Correct. Then, then GDPR <laughs> doesn't apply in any of it. Because you're in business. But you're a business. Small business, big business, yeah. doesn't matter. You're a business and you need to understand the impact of these, of these laws mm. and how you need to 
and what steps you need to take yeah. within your business. Isn't that what you do at Advanced Intellect? That's exactly what I do at Advanced Intellect. And the, the difference between what I do and what other privacy attorneys do is that I've got two other divisions to the company. We've got data analytics and data security. Remember, we were discussing earlier the difference yeah. between data security and data privacy. Those two divisions come in at a deeply technical level. I come in at a high-level framework and legal discussion. So, in other words, you'll advise the company on what they need to do to remain compliant and all the steps they need to take Correct. should there be a problem. Correct. And where you need to implement some form of technology, because remember, this is a very new area of law, which means that by its very nature, it will have technology deeply ingrained in its implementation. Well, it's all about technology. Exactly. Right. No one day. stores, no, no one has a Rolodex. Or, I'd say very few people, maybe not no one. Very few probably people a couple have, of Rolodexes lying yeah, around. Right, so very few people have Rolodexes. Most people have databases now. Now, Even you, if it's on your phone, that's exactly. a database. It's a database. It's a database, and I think that's important to keep in mind. A database can be anything from anywhere so long as it's reduced to a material form on your device or in hard copy. And you still need to comply with Papier, whether it's in hard copy or in digital, right? That's even interesting. Your, that's a really thing, something that everyone's got to think about. Exactly. So, so your Rolodex is subject to Papier. Papier, right? <laughs> and how can, can you reach out to these clients or can you give me a little thing? When you request a referral, you, 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 you can't give someone a, a referrals number. You have to ask that person first, can I give your details too? Look, that has always been the Menchidic thing to it do. It is a Menchidic thing to but, do. But it's very important it's now to realize cool. that you can't simply give someone someone's number and say, chat to my mate, he might be able to help you. As a, yeah. And that's, it's, that's fascinating. It's a, it's, a, it's a weird little practical element of this, right, which I think is really important, and it sort of speaks to the broader sense. And most importantly, what happens if you're a business, big mm. or small, and you have a data breach? What would the consequences be? Because this is what a lot of people say, yeah, these laws come and they go and there's so much stuff out there. But there's two schools what of thought. Is, what is going to happen if there's a problem? So there's two schools of thought in this, right? The one is that the regulator will will clamp down on that very hard, start fining people within, within the limits of how they can find, find people, big and small, and they will go to town with that. The other school of thought is that the regulator, like most regulators in South Africa, does not have the capacity to start finding every data breach. And they won't know about every data breach. So from small to big, it's important to have a data breach management plan, which is something that we do. And that's not necesarily in conjunction Technology, with Technology, small business it's process. It's a business process. And I help create those. It's to have a plan to determine, as from 1 July, whether or not you need to inform the data subjects, because you don't always need to inform the data subjects of certain types of breaches. And same thing with the regulator. You don't always need to inform the regulator. But where you do, need to inform the regulator and where you do need to inform the data subjects, you need to, you need to absolutely do that. And if you don't, then you're liable to serious fines and beyond that reputational damage. The stick is big here in terms so of. So there's a real consequence yeah. to this. This is not just a piece of legislation because that everyone can ignore at some, some level. Because of its societal impact, because of the amount of data that's out there that's floating around that's, that's not in your control. If that's not managed and, and, and properly uh, protected using governmental means and using legal means, then it's something which can have a much larger effect over a period of time in our society, which is why I love this area. <laughs> well, we can talk for hours about this. Unfortunately, we have effectively run out of time. We'll, sh we'll save it for another time. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. How do people get hold of you? Where would they find you on, on, on the web or wherever sure. so that they can actually ask you to assist them with some of this nonsense? Plug my pluggables. So yep. we've got a we've got a great website called advance.tech. So it's A-T-V-A-N-C-E dot T-E-C-H. 
or you can find me on LinkedIn and then you can just search for me using Brendan Ambrose. It's B-R-E-N-D-O-N Ambrose. Brilliant. Well, thanks for joining me on the show. Jeez, I cannot believe how 20 minutes talking tech can disappear that quickly. But we'll be back straight after this and I'm going to start talking gizmos and gadgets, which, as you know, part of my enjoyment of tech is one of my quite a fan of those things. So we'll be back straight after this.